everybody, it's Shaman Sister Sin, and you're listening to the Meditations and More podcast brought to you by littleshaman.org. That's me, Little Shaman. Today I wanted to talk to you about not rescuing the narcissist. This is something that most people deal with at least once when they have a pathologically narcissistic person in their lives, and most people multiple times, so I thought we could discuss it on the show today. Narcissistic people can be very demanding. They can be rude, cruel, abusive, mean, callous, and malicious. However, they're not always like that. There are times when narcissists can be very endearing, even pathetic. It's very hard to ignore repeated cries for help, especially when you truly believe that the person cannot do certain things for themselves. But playing into their view of themselves as a victim is the exact wrong thing to do. This strategy of presenting themselves as a victim can be very successful for pathologically narcissistic people, especially in the short term, which is what most of their focus is. People are drawn to victims. It can feel good to be needed. It can be exciting and intoxicating to save somebody. It's very intense a lot of times. It can be an ego boost to be necessary or to solve somebody's problems. It provokes sympathy in people and their desire to help. But this wears thin and it doesn't usually take all that long because the victim in this particular situation can never be truly rescued. There's always another emergency. There's always another problem. There's never a real solution. Suggested solutions are generally ignored, dismissed as inadequate, impossible, unfair, or even raged against and treated with hostility. Often no effort is made on the part of the narcissist at all to better the situation or the circumstances. People get sick of this and they give up. This is one of the reasons that many narcissistic people change environments, circles of friends, and partners so often they have to find new people who aren't sick of them. Narcissistic people need accomplices in their behavior. They need enablers, an enabling environment. Remember that enabling doesn't mean agreeing with somebody's behavior. It has nothing to do with whether you approve of someone's behavior or not. It only refers to creating an environment where someone can do toxic, harmful things, either to themselves or to others. A person can be an enabler even if they don't agree with or approve of the other person's behavior. For example, if someone knows their spouse is abusing one of the children and they disapprove of this behavior, yet they don't do anything to stop it, they don't remove the abuser from the situation or the child, they're enabling that situation. People sometimes believe you can't be an enabler if you don't agree with the behavior, and I want to be really clear about the fact that that is not true. Some enablers do agree with the behavior of the person they're enabling and they defend it, but that is not necessary in order to foster an enabling environment. All that really needs to happen is for people to allow the behavior. That creates an enabling environment right there. Many times, people find themselves in the role of chronic rescuer, either because they've chosen that role or because it's been like thrust upon them. It can seem that nobody needs rescue more than a pathologically narcissistic person. They're often impulsive, self-sabotaging, and unable to foresee consequences. They can be extremely short-sighted, extremely gullible, and they're prone to magical thinking. The combination of these things can lead to dilemmas, problems, and downright catastrophes in the lives of narcissistic people. When the consequences for their actions or their inaction, if they didn't do something they should have done, when these things set in, narcissistic people might panic. They may reach out frantically for someone to rescue them from the harsh reality. They may cry, scream, beg, bargain, rage, or display any manner of manipulative behaviors designed to get the other person to take care of the problem for them. It's very difficult to ignore these things, especially raging or hysteria. But rescuing the narcissist does not fix the problem. It doesn't even address the problem. 
It's the equivalent of patching a hole in a leaky boat while the other passenger sits there drilling more holes, all the while screaming at you to stop the boat from sinking. It's not possible to protect or rescue someone from their own bad decisions. It cannot be done. All that can really be done is that you either enable those bad decisions or you don't. Now, upon hearing this, people often ask if it's wrong to help other people. Of course it's not wrong. But when does helping become enabling? It can be a fine line sometimes, but the answer is probably that if you really want to help somebody, you need to help them to help themselves. If they're not trying to help themselves, then chances are nothing you do is going to be helpful anyway. You're just patching holes, and eventually that will not be enough to stop the boat from sinking. The other person needs to learn to stop making the holes in the first place. If they don't, it's not going to matter what anybody does. They're going down. It can be hard to leave somebody just to face the consequences of their own behavior, especially when you know they're going to have a big problem because of it and because you know they will probably try to punish you for that. But it isn't your responsibility to save this person. It isn't your responsibility to solve their problems. It isn't your responsibility to make sure they're never uncomfortable, angry, sad, that they never have a bad day. That's their responsibility. Those things are all their responsibility. If someone is forced to face consequences, there is at least a chance, however small it may be, that they will finally learn, at the very least, to change their behavior. If they're never required to face consequences and take responsibility for their own lives, that chance becomes zero. I hope this clears a few things up for you. As always, I look forward to your comments, questions, and suggestions, so please keep those coming. I take appointments online, over the phone, via text, messenger, and email, so if you're interested in speaking with me, you can visit littleshaman.org and click the book and appointment tab. I am holding workshops through the rest of 2019, once a month, so if you're interested in attending one of those, they are online. You can visit littleshaman.org and reserve your spot there. You've been listening to the Meditations and More podcast brought to you by littleshaman.org. That's me, the Little Shaman. May the Great Spirit bless you and have a wonderful day.